Hey, can you do me a favor? Turn that light bulb on. There we go. That's perfect. Let's wake these people up. Hello, fellow listeners. Welcome to Food for Thought, where we inspire you to think and feed you knowledge that can be applied to your everyday life. I'm your host, Juan Cruz, and today we have here a guest, Eric Sucharski. Sucharski. Hello, listeners. My name is Eric Sucharski. I am 28 years old, and I'm a mechanical engineer. Uh, So uh, I wanted to get Eric here for one. I wanted to have you here for one big reason, because you spoke about uh, time management, and it seems like time management has become such a, uh, I think, a very essential thing right now where we find ourselves in society. Because um, me and my wife were talking the other day, and she brought up something very interesting. She said, think about this. She said, Albert Einstein, Nikolai Tesla, you know, all these big names that, in, you know, Thomas Edison, you know, you think of modern day people from Bill Gates to... Uh, Donald Trump. Right. Some of uh, the great thinkers of the world. Some of the most successful people who, who've ever lived. Yeah. You know, these people have done so many things and they have the same exact 24 hours that we do. Exactly. You know, uh, some people I was looking at, I have a, um, in my business, I have this one, um, this one magazine that's from Entrepreneur Magazine. And these kids are like 13 years old and they're multimillionaires. I mean, they have... Their schedule just lined up, boom, 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 boom. And they're not depressed. You know, they're not depressed people. They're actually very happy, young, exciting, uh, enthusiastic young kids. And, you know, they're doing so well for their life. And the same 24 hours as me. And yet they found themselves at a a different standard. Maybe Maybe not as far as success or happiness, but they find themselves in uh doing so much more i feel you know exactly and at such a young age that's it's, it's incredible it's mind-blowing but that's kind of one of the reasons why i wanted to have you here because you had brought up you know this whole time management thing and, and you spoke one of the things about social media you know that you had kind of brought up and i was like as soon as we started talking i was like all right i was like eric gotta have you on the podcast so you like what i had to say yeah very <laughs> interesting so speak away, buddy. All right. So a few things I wanted to bring up to you guys uh, regarding time management, but I'd like to begin with a definition of time management. So time management is the process of planning and exercising conscious control of time spent on specific activities, especially to increase effectiveness, efficiency, or productivity. And before we go any further, I'd like to take a step back and point out a few key words that were listed in that definition. Some uh, keywords I would like all people listening to uh, reflect on while we are presenting uh, everything we'll be presenting tonight. So those keywords are planning, exercising, or in this case, doing, conscious control, and specific activities. So Juan and I had this discussion not too long ago on what we believe time management is and what we believe the root of that is. And we came to an agreement, and we both uh, did it unanimously, that the root of time management, or at least one of the big roots, is discipline, self-discipline. And this goes along with self-motivation as well. And um, there is 
the topic of habit. What is a habit? Um, how do habits control our lives? This is um, something that is a massive part of time management. And in preparing for this uh, podcast, I did a lot of research on habit. Um, I've listened to podcasts in the past, and to refresh my mind, I've listened to some new ones just to get me thinking. And one concept I ran into was the habit loop. And this is a concept that was created by a man called Charles Diggins. He is a journalist and a nonfiction author. And um, he wrote the book, The Power of Habit. And in this book, he goes into the topic of the habit loop. Um, This topic of the habit loop consists of three things. Consists of, well, it goes into detail of what what is a habit consistent of? What are the ingredients in a habit? And those three things are a cue, a routine, and a reward. So let's use the example of a smoker. Um, smoking, many, you hear many people say smoking is a bad habit. So a smoker is often triggered by something, whether it be stress or just their body giving off that craving for nicotine. They have that feeling, oh, I need nicotine, I need a cigarette. So that is their cue. What comes after their cue is the routine. They go for a smoke, take a smoke break, do whatever they got to do, get that nicotine in their body. And then after the routine comes the reward. That reward being the nicotine um, releases certain hormones in their brain and it calms them down, makes them feel... uh, a sense at ease. And so this is something that uh, everyone who's listening has to be very attentive of because habits are something that are formed over time. There's not something that just happens instantly. And the problem with habits is they are very difficult to break once you're in them. And the key to mastering time management, or one of the keys, is to be uh, very conscious and to be in control of the situation. Uh, One of the keywords I brought up in the definition of time management, consciousness and conscious control. So in this book, the author goes into how the cue and the reward are to stay constant, but the routine within the habit is to change. So for example, Let's make this relatable to uh, young adults, uh, college student, university students, or just uh, young adults who are out in the work field and who are getting their first or second jobs and they're on their own for, their, for uh, the first time, completely on the first time in their life. And let's bring up the topic of the apartment and keeping it clean. So, for example, I used to find myself when I had to clean or do laundry. I got the cue. I saw the task in front of me, the pile of laundry, and I got a cue. Oh, I got to do laundry. I got to do this. I got to do that. And oftentimes I found myself in the beginning thinking, let me, uh, let me take a quick break. Let me sit down. Let me, let me go on YouTube, see what's going on. Let me go on social media, check out what people are posting, you know? And then before I knew it, hours had passed. I had consumed myself completely with the distraction, and by the time I got around to doing the laundry, it was very late at night or the next day. So 
what we need to be aware of when it comes to time management is when we get a queue, we see the task in front of us, we see the pile of laundry, and we get that queue, oh, I'm going to go watch TV. We have to say no. We have to be disciplined. We need to be conscious of the situation and take control. Say, I see this in front of me, and I'm going to do it, and then do it. That is the routine. You do the task that is in front of you. And your reward is the sense of accomplishment that you get after completing that task. And if you write it down or if, you, if it's something that you really worked up to, you will feel a reward in hormone release, the hormone dopamine that you mentioned in, uh, in your first podcast. So with, with this topic of the habit loop and the three ingredients of habits, the cue, the routine, and the reward. The roots of developing good habits is having massive amounts of discipline, self-control, and being patience. Or being patient. Patience is keyword here because habits, like I mentioned earlier, they're not formed overnight, and they once formed, they become very difficult to break. And before you keep going, you know, there's the. It's very important for people to know that they, um, habits. some habits can be good and some habits can be very, very bad. You yes, know? that's a very good point. You know, because um, a habit, you know, a good habit, like you said, it, it can take time to form. Many people think that, oh, it happens, you know, just out of, uh, you know, this. Just happens momentarily in yeah, the moment. Like, and and boom, you know, I'm, I'm great at this, you know, and I'm good. Right. You know? And it doesn't, it takes practice. It takes time. It takes effort. Patience, you know, and, devotion. And people, you know, and this is something that, that you know, um, a lot of people don't have nowadays because everything is instantaneous, you know? You, Absolutely. With social media and, and cell phones, the way we're connected right now, it's almost as if we're losing connection with um, how everything is is digital. We're living in the digital world versus the real world. Yeah, you know, and and, and you need an answer, and you get it quick now. You know, immediately. Google, boom. But you know, how often do you see now where where people go, um, you know, oh, uh, what's this artist's name? You know, that sings this song, and they start humming it, and they just go boop, 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 type it in, you know. Right, or they play the song and they, they Shazam it. Yeah, they use the app Shazam. Yep, and, and, and instantaneously, you know, and, and this this begins to build within humanity, within young people who are so um, devoured within cell phones, social media. The, what they begin to do is they begin to have this instant gratification. You know, before it was like, uh, I was talking with somebody, you know, before when you used to have to make a phone call to somebody, you know, um, I don't. I don't know if you've seen in my business. I have like this old school rotary, like this dial. This yes, I, I, I did see. I think what, what's the what's the word for that? I've heard it before. I think it's a, on the a, internet. A rotary phone, if I'm not mistaken, because of the 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 rotary style of the the way the the cards flip. Dial. Yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, you you sit there and you know somebody was asking me does that work does that work and i'm like yeah it works so i took the plug from from the new one that we have and i plugged it into the old one and as soon as i plugged it in you know the guy was like well dial in it and i'm like oh here you know here you dial in it and he sat there you know dialing it and by the time he was like three numbers away, he was like, I can't do this, man. This is too long, you know? And I thought to myself, I looked at him. I didn't say anything, but I thought to myself, that's too long for you? Are you kidding me? You know? 
that's too long for you? 10 seconds max, I'd say, max. to dial a number. And if you had to guess his age, what do you think his age was? 12, 13, 14. He was 20 years old. Wow. And for him, it, Unbelievable. Was, it, was, it, was, it was too much time. And you think about it, back, you know, when we were younger, we used to have to go, you know, um, say you were out in the park and, and you and your friends were all hanging out. And one of them was like, oh, let's go do this. Let's go grab a pizza or let's go off to the, to the mall. Or let's go do this. So everybody would have to, you know, they would have to run off to find the nearest payphone, right? Take their they have quarters. to put money in. Yeah. And then from there, what they would do is they would make a phone call and then run back to their friends. And in this course, 45 minutes would go by. So it took some time, some patience. It took you know? effort, yes. Nowadays, you know, you see young kids when they have their cell phone and what do they begin to do? They're like, oh, you know, uh, let's do this. All right, let me ask my mom. Let's send a quick text. Oh, they're not answering. Let's forget about it. You know, it's like five minutes has gone patience, by. Patience, patience is gone by the wayside nowadays. Yeah. So, you know, these, some good habits, they take patience and it's sad because really it's the bad habits, you know, that you get so easily. The, the bad habits are the ones that are formed so easily, come so quickly. They're like the bad songs, you know? Yeah, absolutely. You try to learn the good song to like, you know, get the good lyrics going and you're like, you want to jam out to the car and get all the lyrics good, you know? Right. And you'd never get it. But then you're at work, you know, in front of all your boys and you start singing this one Miley Cyrus song and they're like, dude, what are you singing? You know? <laughs> and you're like, uh, didn't mean to sing that one, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The bad songs, the bad habits are the ones that get stuck to you, but... Anyways, continue on what you were saying. So what I was saying is the root of good time management is to be aware of your habits, whether they're good or bad. And a key thing I want to point out here is that bad habits can be turned into good ones if you are conscious of them and you use that cue that you used to get for a bad habit. For example, um, the example I gave earlier, doing laundry and then avoiding it with procrastination you get the cue, you see the laundry in front of you, do it. Just do it immediately, be disciplined, and then the reward will come. You'll have your laundry put away, and you'll have a, a sense of accomplishment, a sense of, of satisfaction. And use that energy, that momentum, to lead you through the day. Um, I remember about a year ago, I was watching this motivational quote by a, a high-ranking Navy SEAL and he was giving this as a commencement speech at a university. And he asked the students that were graduating, how do you go about saving the world? How do you save the world? And he proceeded by saying, if you wish to save the world, wake up every morning and make your bed. That'll be the first task of the day. You'll have a sense of accomplishment and you can use that energy and that momentum throughout the day to complete many other tasks. So I truly believe that if you focus, if you take a step back to analyze the situation and think, have I done this before? Is this something where I feel like I'm in an endless loop where you know, day by day, I, I, I live my life the same way and I feel like I'm not going anywhere, I'm stagnant. There's this quote and um, 
for some reason, it's very difficult to find who the person who created this quote was. Um, it's speculated that Albert Einstein was one of them, among other people. But the quote is, insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. And that quote right there is key when it comes to time management. If you notice yourself stuck in the same loop when you come home from work or from school, an example, where you're procrastinating, you're up, all, you're up all night working on homework or working on chores or your side projects in your personal life outside of work, and you just don't feel productive, take a step back and say, am I in the mouse, the mouse wheel? Am I making the same mistakes over and over and reflect on that and recognize where your downfall are and use that as motivation to um, motivation to make it a positive and take that energy and use it for good, use it for productivity. Yeah, you know, there's um, Jordan Peter says something. It's funny that you say that. Jordan Peter says, "Aim lower," and people go, "What? What do you mean, aim lower?" The problem is, is that we have such an ego, right, that we feel. For me to wake up every morning and to say, make my bed, that's going to be my accomplishment. We assume we're, I'm better than that. I'm so much greater than that, that I don't need to wake up to just do my bed. And that's the problem is that we aim so high. We have such a high task, such a high goal that the problem is, is that when we can't reach that goal, we feel disappointed within ourselves, and in turn, we can't uh, gather enough enthusiasm to hit the next goal. Because already, if we can't meet the first goal, how are we going to meet the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth? Exactly. The first uh, biggest trap that I found with time management is saying, oh, I'll do it later. I'll do it. I'll do it tomorrow. The moment you let go is when it becomes a domino effect. It keeps happening over and over. The moment, oh, I'm going to put this off, it becomes a habit and you keep doing it over and over and then you realize um, a year has gone by, oh, there's, there's something in life I wanted to do. For example, I wanted to become a pilot. I wanted to join the Navy. Um, I wanted to, to study music, learn an instrument. But uh, instead of looking for, for a, a, a recruitment center or... Um, a flight instructor or music instructor today, oh, I'm going to do it tomorrow. You'd be surprised how often I hear I put this off and then it wasn't until later in life I got to it and I had no good reason for it. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's, that's key, you know, for, for this whole procrastination is learn to aim lower in life that Jordan Peterson is such a genius. I don't know if you've heard of him. Yeah. I have not, but I, I think it's, it's a good point that you bring up because I have to think to myself, go into something, whether it be something new or something that's a challenge with no expectations, have no expectations. Well, well hold on, wait. It's aim lower means, means don't say, like, uh, I'm going to go be a dancer. Just say something as simple as, I'm going to wash my clothes today. You know? Oh, I I'm, see. Okay. I'm aim, make an accomplishment so low that when you do it, you can put a, just another, a higher accomplishment. And then when you do that, when you, so then eventually Baby you, build, steps. you build yourself up to this, you know, to this big thing, you know, and, you know, in order for you to become, let's say a mechanic, 
you know, you can't start off by taking apart the whole engine and go, all right, that's where I'm going to start off. No, you have to first start just with something simple. A toy, for example. Yeah. Let me just do an oil change. Let me just do, uh, you know, uh, something simple, you know. And then from there, you build your way into the brakes, then the rotors, then entering into the axle, then, you know, the radiator, then the water pump, the alternator. And then you're able to take a take down the whole transmission and maybe work on that. You can't just take apart a car right off the rip, you know. And it's, no, these, it's, thing, these things take time yeah. and devotion and practice. And that's why you need to always aim lower. Aim low. You know, we have such an egotistic mind that we think I'm so great. We have such high thoughts of ourselves and really we're not that great, you know, but we have such high thoughts of ourselves that we go, I'm going to put this high of an accomplishment in my life. And then what happens is you never meet that and then you never meet the small accomplishment. So what you do is you go, "Ah, well, I'm not good enough. So I'm just going to sit around and be a lazy bum, you know, And, and that's not the way to live. Just as I was saying, wake up, make your bed every morning. Something simple. Aim Very low. Simple. Aim low. Jordan Peterson, you know, I'm, I, I love reading a lot of his things and, and listening to a lot of his talks that he does. But, yeah, you know, um, there's there was something else within the time management that, you know, really caught my attention. And one of them was um, um, that people, people think, you know... Uh, you know, with me not managing my time, you know, in turn, it's laziness. And yes, and it's the big, it's one of the big reasons, you know, you're, you're very lazy and they think, oh, well, I, I, I'd rather do nothing. You know, I just rather sit here and do nothing, but that's not true. That's very dangerous. Yeah. Um, many people think, you know, when, when I, when I don't want to accomplish the tasks in my life, you know, because you're not managing your time, right? You think I just don't want to do anything. I just want to be lazy. I just want to say, and it's not true. We, for humanity, it's actually, you know, it's very difficult for human beings. You know, this is in psychology. It's very difficult for human beings to remain in idleness. Did you know that? So when a, when a person, when you're sitting in traffic and when you're sitting with yourself in traffic, it's very difficult for a person. Many people will, will want, will prefer to actually take a, an extra 10 minutes out of their route to get out of traffic at an extra 10 minutes to their uh, ETA, to the estimated time of arrival, than to sit in traffic and get there 10 minutes early. I believe it because the way we're wired where i mean we have a brain that's it's a machine it's a computer when you're stagnant staying still you start to lose lose your mind you know well what can i do what can i do to get out of this what can i do to occupy my mind so you know i'm not surprised that that's that's the case you know and uh it's funny because um the italians have this beautiful saying and it's the saying goes dolce far niente which means it's sweet to do nothing you know and this is something very important because many, many people think that, you know, to do nothing is easy. It's actually not easy. You know, when you're being lazy, most of the times you're sitting, when you're not accomplishing the tasks that you need to do, you're not uh, managing your time well. Usually, you know, if you're supposed to be doing, um, let's say, fixing the car or, you know, going to work, you know, to make it on time or, I don't know, picking up your mother for something. Who knows Doing homework. Doing homework or, you know, I don't know, cleaning the house. You think, oh, I just, I'm doing nothing. It's, it's not true. Most of the time, 
you'll sit there and you'll, you'll get on your phone, you'll watch TV, you'll listen to music. It's so hard for human beings just to sit down in silence and do absolutely nothing. I agree. It takes effort because especially when you know you have things you need to accomplish. It's almost like there's a black cloud hanging over you the whole time. You feel guilty. Should I really be doing this? And you're for- forcing yourself, you're fighting yourself to keep being lazy, to keep watching TV or whatever it might be. And you're fighting yourself, those, those, like the, the compulsion to get up and be productive to yeah. do that. You're, you're, you're fighting your base passion. That's the word that, that it's called it. You, you, because deep inside your passion is to watch TV, to sit there and text to, you know, because you don't want to sit there, you know, um, the most intellectual people in the world, you know, do some sit there and do nothing you know ceos of big companies you know there's this one guy i forgot i think it's of um uh general electric he has something called window time and it's a moment one hour every day where he sits in his desk looking outside of a window into like some forest and he does absolutely nothing he just lets his mind wander you know i think that's a good thing because ceos they're typically very busy people they're people who just work all the time and it's not just because of the title they hold or their responsibilities it's because of the level of greatness they've achieved in their life greatness being every single day they took little steps of greatness little steps of discipline of uh persistence and they achieved little goals such as making your bed doing your laundry you know getting up and doing versus sitting down that when you're at that level, you need to take a step back and give yourself some perspective. Um, so I believe that's something that helps with productivity. I'm, I'm a true believer that if you're working on a task that requires a lot of mental focus, a lot of mental concentration, writing a book, for example, writing a poem, writing a song, um, analyzing some sort of uh, very complex system, um, it's good to work on that for something like 20, 30 minutes, up to an hour, and then walk away. Take a quick break, you know, get your mind off it, take a look at something else, you know, get some fresh air, and then come back. And it, all, it kind of like, it's almost like a cycle where you lose focus for a moment, but you have so much momentum going in to that break that when you come back, you're as good as new, you're fresh. Yeah, you know, um, the... And, and it's not just for, you know, and it's, it's good that you said it because it's not just for the big CEOs of different companies. It's also for the everyday person to sit there and to have this moment, you know, and to, to leave your cell phone, to leave your TV, to leave, you know, we it's difficult for us to just sit there. You know, the, you want to get up and grab a dish or open up the fridge and look inside and see what's in there. You know, you humanity is hard to just sit there you know and 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 these big ceos of these companies have understood that they need to do this and it's also something for your everyday person to to sit there because it gives you the time to think how am i going to complete the next task you know what what do i do how do i get myself there you know you to motivate yourself to to sit there in silence it allows you to be able to um enter into this interior dichotomy like a battle of your interior dichotomy you know where you're you fighting fight, yourself you fight yourself you know you have to have this like mental battle and people don't people don't ever do that people don't stop to have this interior dichotomy 
this battle you know they they just go uh, i don't want to think about it you know i'm just gonna sleep in whatever yeah and then i'm just gonna sit there and and watch tv and i don't want to think about that you know we don't like to think you know we we want to let something else think for us that's very dangerous because the moment you say i don't want to think i don't want to learn that's when you develop very bad and very dangerous habits very unhealthy habits um neil burton neil burton is a um he's a medical doctor and it's it's something fascinating he's uh he's a, a, a psychologist and he has this great book on uh, maniac defense it's amazing and now do you know what maniac defense is i have not heard of this book so no. uh maniac defense it, this is a word, like an actual word within psychology. It's uh, the tendency when presented with uncomfortable thoughts or feelings to distract the conscious mind, right? So in other words, when you know that, like you're saying, that you need to get something done, you know, and you sit there and you're like, I don't want to do this. I don't want to think about this. So what, you, what do you do? You present yourself with uncomfortable thoughts or feelings to be able to distract your conscious mind. So you'd rather sit there, like, like for example, you'd rather sit there and go an extra 10 minutes, add an extra 10 minutes to your arrival time than to just sit there in traffic and do absolutely nothing. You'd rather make it harder on yourself, deal with worse people, you know, lights, everything, than to just sit there and just calmly wait. You this know? is how the human mind works. Yeah, it, it, uh, Oscar Wilde says... Uh, to do nothing at all is the most difficult thing in the world, the most difficult and the most intellectual thing to do. You know, that's for me, that's something fascinating because, you know, how often do we do this? You know, how often do we sit here? But anyways, I, I cut you off. So I'll keep going. <laughs> so I want to take a step back and feed off of what Juan just presented. Um, there's this. um Methodology, this approach to time management that, or just to, to life itself, to accomplishments, to, to accomplishments, to goals that um, I read about in an article somewhere and that I've incorporated into my life. And that's the concept of two steps forward, one step back. You had mentioned that CEO has the window time where he has an hour to himself, just look out the window and stare at something in a distance or stare at something nearby, do nothing. So, once you've become good at time management, not necessarily perfect, but you become good at this, and this comes with other things which we'll get into later, such as setting goals and um, having a clear path for yourself with your goals, but once you're at a point where you're working towards something, something you believe in, something you're passionate for, a goal of yours, you find yourself consumed by this thing. You find yourself working at it nonstop on your free time. Like that's, it consumes you in a good way. But what's important here, listeners, is to, to work hard, but also every once in a while, take a step back, look at what you've accomplished, look at where you've came from, and look at where you are now. And one thing to be mindful of here is never celebrate early. Don't think that, oh, I completed this one task or, oh, for a week I was good. I, I didn't uh, cheat on my diet or whatever. I'm, I'm going to have a soda. Never celebrate early. That is when habit, bad habits begin to form and when 
bad habits that were there previously that you're working to correct begin to reverse themselves and come back. So what's important is to work hard towards your goals and be very passionate and focused, but take a step back and look at the accomplishments you made, look how far you've come. This, this makes things very easier, especially when you have really clear-cut goals in life because the path between where you are right now and where your goal, it's very difficult. It's, it's never an easy path and it's very much a zigzaggy path. But when you have a clear, a clear plan, a clear vision, the path becomes easier. Yeah, that's fascinating. You know, um, it's funny that, you know, you said that you, you reminded me, you know, to not celebrate early is something actually very important because there's this movie about this drummer. I forgot what the what, what the exact um, name of the movie is, if it comes to mind, or if you if you know what it is, you could say you know. But this drummer and and he has this teacher. He's uh, the how do you call it the maestro, right? And he's the drummer in that that band. And the the guy the whole time he he never credits anybody. He's always telling them, "You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad. You're bad." And at the end of the movie. You know, this kid ends up getting into a car accident trying to please this, 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 um, this professor or uh, instructor. Yeah. You know, the, 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 um, the composer of the music, you know, he's trying to just please him. And what does he do? You know, he gets into a car accident, you know, makes, he, 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 he practices for long hours and periods of time till eventually his, his hands begin to bleed, you know, because there's so much drumming and all the blisters in his hands and finally after years go by in and in, in towards the end of the movie he he meets him up he meets up with him in 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 this like cafe and he asks him he's like why were you so hard on me like be, because eventually the guy gets fired the teacher because he pushes the students to an extreme you know the parents end to up the breaking point. school yeah to a breaking point the parents end up suing the school anyways um uh, he, he says, why were you so hard on me? He says, because he says, I believe he goes that good job are the two most horrible, most damaging words in the human dictionary. He says, why? He says, because as soon as somebody has told you good job, you decide that's it. I stop there. You celebrate early, yes. You celebrate early and I'm done. Like some I, I received the gratification that I was looking for in from the moment that I began to do this. You know, so And that goes back to what you were discussing in your first podcast when it comes to social media and the whole um how millennials came to be the way they are, the whole trophy generation. Everybody gets a trophy, everyone wins. There's no clear cut winner or loser. Oftentimes false um the words good job or giving everybody a trophy, it creates a sense of false hope. And I believe that false hope is, in my opinion, it's the worst thing you could give to anyone because it gives them that instant gratification, that instant satisfaction, and it leads to the habit of celebrating early, which is very detrimental when it comes to achieving your goals, managing your time, and just being um, at peace with your life and where you are based on your ambitions and uh, your personal goals. Um, there's, um, there's something that, um, that, you know, it's, it's something very interesting as, as you're saying all this, 
because what is it that causes you know um this time management you know and you know i was thinking about this before you got came here to this to do this podcast i was thinking what is it that causes humanity to to be bad time managers you know what is the cause of that you know and and one of them is is i'd say laziness you know for you to get lazy and you're just uh, you know i think procrastination and laziness are two two different things a procrastinator eventually does get the job done but he just takes a while to get to that he prefers to do something else that will stall his time from doing the task that needs to be done while a lazy person just doesn't want to do it at all so um you know laziness i feel like is 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 a big thing and it's funny because you know i started thinking to myself you know what exactly is 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 laziness you know what i mean what what, what how do you stop laziness what causes laziness because you know that's the one thing that i wanted to inform all the people from the podcast today to help them to be able to uh grow in and to, to do better in their time management and, and and one of them in order for you to get there you need to understand what causes you to stop and to do make bad choices within your everyday life uh to, to not get the, the the tasks accomplished and one of them like i said was laziness and laziness has two different uh synonyms you know and they're uh, indolence and sloth you know, very interesting when you think about this. What was the first one? Indolence, right? And uh, indolence derives from the Latin word indolencia, right? Which is without pain or without taking trouble, which is something very interesting because humanity, you know, this is very deep, you know. So hopefully the listeners can keep up with me a little bit on this, you know. And it, it, it goes so far out. But this going so far out allows you to understand the root, you know, because in order for you to know what the problem is and to fix this problem, you need to go all the way to the root of the problem to find out what exactly is the problem to then fix the outer, uh, you know, to be able to get the outer to look more beautiful. You exactly. Know? You find what the root of the problem is. Yeah. So, and then you build your way up from there. Exactly. So, um you know, without pain, you know, if you think about this, you know, this indolencia, this indolence, you know, to, to not go through pain. Many times we don't like to, uh, we don't like to suffer. You know, when you have to get up every morning to go to work, to feed your children, and you know that you got, you know, things that you need to do, or you have a cold or you have pain in your back, but you know that you need to get that bill paid, you know, you have to go through a little bit of pain to still go to the work and to still provide, you know, the money that for your family to be able to eat. Absolutely. And that's, that's, that's life yeah. in a nutshell. Life's and, not fair. And people don't like to do this nowadays. You know, people don't like to suffer. Nobody likes to go through pain because as, as children, you know, the parents, you know, uh, don't like to let their children suffer, you know, you know, the, the kid falls for the slightest thing and it's, oh, oh, uh, my little baby, my little child, are you okay? Are you okay? You know? What good is happiness? What good is sense of accomplishment if there's no suffering involved? Um, if you don't suffer, then the sense of happiness becomes diluted. Yeah. I it, feel like that, that, might, that might be something that ties in with the laziness very well. Um, 
not suffering, not wanting to, to work hard, to suffer, to fight for something. Um, and just always being, Oh, I'm happy. I'm satisfied. I'm content. You know, I'm, I'm not in pain. It, it just dilutes your reality. Yeah. I, you know, I could, I, I could see more clearly now why so many people in our generation just become very lazy. Yeah. You know, they, they, they don't want to give up their base passion because if they give up their base passion, which is watching TV, which is being on Facebook, texting their friends, you know, um, what, what do they do? You know, they have to suffer a little to give up that base passion of wanting to do the thing that you want to do. You have to suffer a little bit. And people, they're like, I'd rather not suffer. I'd rather be lazy, be, have this indolence, right? This, this, this without suffering, I'd rather have, and, um, there was something else here that says, uh, you know, and very interesting, which is sloth. Sloth has, a sloth has more moral and spiritual overtones than laziness or indolence. So in the Christian tradition, sloth is one of the seven deadly sins because it undermines society and God's plan and because it invites sin. So it's very interesting because when you, um, Christians believe that there is a bigger plan, right? So when you have a child, there's this predestined moment for you to have this baby and for you to, to 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 make this vow that you're going to take care of this baby until the day that he's a grown adult and he has his own children and he can take care of his, himself and for you to have this baby a christian looks over as it says this is what god has destined me to do and for me to want to do this for me to cook for my children for me to wash my children brush their teeth do all these things it's God's plan. And I don't want to do what God wants me to do. I want to do what I want to do. I and care about myself. I don't care. I, and this is, this is, um, this connects to that story of the, of the devil. You know, this is crazy. This is always an interesting story. Many people don't know this. Um, some people who are Christians don't even know this story, you know, but you know, that the devil has this, you know, the devil's name, right? Satan's name, original name was uh, Lucifer. That's correct. And Lucifer comes from light. You know, he was the most enlightened, the most intelligent of all angels. He was the most powerful of all angels, the closest one to God. And at one point, you know, God uh, sees that Lucifer is trying to overthrow him. He wanted to be God. He wanted to be God. He, he was that enlightened, he, that he, he, well, in, in his head, he, he, for him was, why do I have to do what he tells me to do? He, he didn't see it like God uh, makes me uh, do these things because it's what's best for me. You know, like a father who tells his son, you know, stop, stop yelling, stop screaming. Because in the end, you know, the father wants to, his son to grow up, to have a, a good character so that he you know, he doesn't scream at his job and eventually gets fired. A good moral you know? compass. Yeah, yeah, good moral compass. He he doesn't want his son to have these things, you know? So what does he do? He 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 uh he tells him, Stop screaming, stop doing this, stop doing that. He tells the child to do certain things because he knows it's what's better for him. Get the the child has yet to understand this. But the father does understand this. And this is what happens with, with Lucifer. You know, Lucifer has this thing where he goes, why do I have to do your will? Why do I need to do your will? Why don't we do my will? 
you know? And this is where laziness, you know, part of that laziness, this sloth on the Christian mentality comes from. It's it's to go against the plan, you know, because we, we all are so egotistic. We want to do what's good for us. You know, why are you not lazy? Why, why do you want to be lazy? You want to be lazy because you don't want to serve your children, you know? You rather serve yourself. You want to be selfish. You you want to watch TV, the show you want to watch. You want to eat what you want to eat. You want to text who you want to text at the time you want to do this. And you know what? I'll feed you when I want to feed you. You know, that's the you hear a lot of moms say, "Oh, um, do this, and I'll do it in a little bit. Give me a second. Give me a second. And the kid eventually gets bored out of his mind and goes and writes all over the walls of who does who knows what. But you know, this is something you know that that a lot of people don't don't take into to account. You know. Um, and one of them is this, you know, uh, it's also the, an- another reason for this, this, this cause of laziness, I'd say is, um, you don't get to see your product. You don't get to see what it is that you've done. So the fruits say, of your labor. Exactly. The fruits of your labor. That's perfect wording because you look over and, you know, for example, let's say an assistant, right? An assistant of a big company. The assistant of a big company doesn't get to see how much her work means, you know, because she's like, she's the one getting all the schedule done. She's doing all the back paperwork. She does all the dirty work, all the yeah. hustling for but, the for the executives. But the CEO, he gets to see the fruits of his labors because he makes one decision. And if he sees, you know, a major effect in the company, he goes, ah, I can see where, or a builder, right? A contractor, you know, a builder goes and builds a home, and as he's building, he gets to see the fruit of his labor. You know, and and, and many many times people um, they 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 want to be lazy. They want to enter into this because uh, they think to themselves, "I don't get to see the fruit of my labor. I don't get this instant gratification. So I why continue doing this?" You know, many people. Uh, leave their jobs that that can pay their bills, you know, and, and you 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 hear about this so much. They have a job that can pay all their bills, their car, their their house, you know, everything, but they leave it because they don't see the fruit of their labor, and they think to themselves, "I don't want to do this. I don't want to," you know. And, and I mean, welcome, welcome to modern day society. Welcome to the uh, the times of being connected. Welcome to the social media generation. I mean, we're so used to instant gratification that I'm not surprised that people are making decisions to leave companies such as Google, for example. Um, I work for a large corporation and I've seen people come and go left and right for that particular reason. Um, The way our work is laid out is um, the product that we produce isn't built for many years after we do the design work to develop this product. And I truly believe that one of the the reasons that we're losing people left and right all the time is because people aren't willing to wait to be patient, to put in the time to, to learn and to grow. And then over time, see the fruits of the labors. We want everything now. And I feel that's something that's become very, very detrimental to society. Yeah. And uh, there's another thing, too. There is, it's, um, sometimes people don't like to think of consequence. You know, people don't like to manage their time well and they prefer to be lazy because they don't like to think of the consequence that comes from, from being lazy. For instance, uh, uh, a, 
a let's say you had homework that you need to get done you know in in our college for some college some report that's due that's you know let's say 30 percent of your grade or who knows what which is you know this happens a lot and the person's the young person decides to get lazy you know they go i don't want to do this i don't want to uh, do the work that needs to get done. I'd rather go and hang out and drink and get high, you know, or whatever it is, have sex for all I care. And they decide to do these things. And what happens, you know, they don't think of the consequence. Many people don't like to think of the consequence of what's to come, you know. And that goes back to what you were saying earlier. People don't want to suffer. Without suffer, you have no gain. There's that. There's a quote, no pain, no gain. It's very true. If you're not willing to put in the time to put in the effort. You're not willing to make sacrifices, which is something that's big in achieving your life. Any successful people out there, um, billionaires, multimillionaires will tell you sacrifice is how they got to where they are. If you're not willing to sacrifice, if you're not willing to suffer, then, you know, how are you going to be worth, um, how would you be worth a million dollars? You know, like you can't get anywhere that you really want to be, you can't be successful without having to suffer and without having to sacrifice. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's the most difficult thing, you know, and, and, and people don't like to see consequences, you know, people don't like to see the consequences of being, that's why people get lazy because we don't like to think of what's to come next. You know, we, we, we like to live in the now, you know, and nobody likes to think of what's what's going to happen to me after I do this punishment or, or after I do this, what's my punishment going to be? What's, you know, oh, let me have sex. Let me just do it because that's what I desire. That's what I want to do. And they don't think of, um, you know, that emotional attachment that they'll get, the baby that might come out of it, the disease that might come. So what does humanity do is they block consequence so they can enjoy that moment now. Let me let me block whatever the consequence is going to be, you know, and then I'll think about the consequence later, you know. And I just want to point out, listeners, there's nothing wrong with living in the moment. When you live in the moment, you're, you're blissful, you're happy. When you're living in the past, you constantly relieve something that's that's already been you're not moving forward you're not you're not going anywhere quick in life so it's important to live in the moment but i believe what juan's getting at is to be aware of your actions something there's one thing i like to say um all the time i blur it out loud in conversation with friends you might have heard me say this is every action has a consequence whether it's good bad or indifferent Every single decision you make, every single action you take, or those moments where you decide not to take action, there is a consequence. And the consequence, say for example, um, going back to what I was saying earlier, the the student having to work on an assignment, a big project that's worth 30% of their grade, assuming that you have a perfect score thus far, the best you'll come up come out with is a C minus. And the fact that young people aren't willing to recognize that if I don't put in this effort right now, if I go out and just party or waste my time or do whatever it may be that takes you away from that task for long periods of time and you're making a last minute effort to get this done, that's not going to be your best work. It's not going to be worthy of a good grade unless you're some sort of gifted person who can get away with this all the time. Um, there's people out there like that, but for the majority of the people out there, that's not the case. 
you have to be conscious of every single action you make. Um, take a step back and analyze, is this really what I want? Is this going to get me to where I want to go? Because every action has a consequence, whether it's good, bad, or indifferent. Yeah, and and and, and people look over, and, and some people look over, and they get jealous of people who are making good money, and they go, oh, you know, well, well I, I didn't have this. I didn't do that, you know, and it's... You know, this this time management thing, you have the same 24 hours that he has. You're the same age that he is. He's successful. The reason why you're not successful is because sometimes, many times, if you haven't reached that status, is because you... Um, you get lazy. You choose not to act. You, you don't, you don't get act. up and do. Yeah, you want to become successful? Get up. Get up and do. You know? get, get off your A and do. And I just want to remind everyone out there that I'm having to censor myself because um, Juan does these podcasts in one take, uncut. There's uh, minimal editing. And uh, he asked me to censor myself. So <laughs> just wanted to point that out there for those who are listening. Hey, A, like, who is this kid? <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and the, the, third, the third thing here, so uh, was, so one of them was, purpose right fruits of your labor you know that was one of the reasons why we 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 tend to get lazy because we don't see that yes the second one i said was consequence because we don't think of consequences when we decide to be lazy you know and the third one these are the three key things you know and this is what um this this dr uh neil burton had had spoken about um is selflessness you know Many of the times, many times we don't, we're so egotistic. It's all about us, 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 you know, you, you, you get into a fight with your spouse. What's the first response that you give them when, when you're arguing? It's, uh, it's anger. Well, no, um, the first thing that you tell them is, is you don't listen to me. You don't do, it's always me, 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 you know, it's always you know, you do this and it affects me this way. You know, you don't do the laundry and then I have to do it. You know, it's always a, everything that we do is egotistic. Everything turns back into me, 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 you know. Um, uh, sometimes when, when a mother or a father get mad, you know, and this many psychologists will say this. This isn't just me coming up with these things, you know. You can look up many of these things anywhere. The reason why you get frustrated when you, when your child or or when somebody doesn't give you this grat, um, you know they don't treat you the way that maybe you want to be treated, it's because you've busted your butt all day, and you didn't do it with a selfless effort, you know it wasn't virtuous, you know you didn't do it with good intent just just to be a good person, you know, you did this because you wanted gratification, you wanted them to say. Mommy, you're the best mom ever. Dad, you're the best dad ever. You know, uh, it's, Eric, not, it's not how it works. Yeah, Eric, those the, those compliments those come with selflessness. Yeah, you know, uh, Eric, you're the best worker I have. You know, and it was funny because uh, I was watching. You know, me and my wife love Friends. You know, you what you watch that show Friends? Oh, it's a great show. I love that. I don't know if you've seen the episode where Phoebe and um, and Joey are talking and. Joey tells Phoebe, Joey's an idiot. I mean, this guy's an idiot on this show, but you know, he said something that's very true and I, it, it, it impacted me so much and I, I thought about it constantly and constantly. Every act that we do deep inside is not selfless, you know? Every single act and, and, and Phoebe goes the whole episode trying to prove Joey to Joey that 
I can do a selfless act, you know? And what was the outcome? Because I did not see this episode yet. What and was the outcome in here? This, in the outcome, there's not a single act that she could do. She realized that she was a selfish woman, you know? Think about it. If you give money to the poor, do you really wait, you know, to, do you put it in an envelope and then throw it at them and then run away? I mean, there's few people here and there that'll do that. Right. For gratification or for, for other reasons, who knows, who knows what they are. But more people will sit there and they'll wait, you know, unconsciously, they'll wait to hear the thank you from somebody, you know, when you go out and, and you, 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 you you correct your kids when you tell them to do something and you know it's because deep inside you want society to look at your kids and go that's juan's kids look how good they are you know selfless act you know when you buy a car you know or or buy a house do you truly do it selflessly you know oh or, or, you know so for my children for my wife i don't care how the house looks it can no, you want this to be an impartial for you. Everything, I mean, so many things are truly selfless. And the whole time, Phoebe does things that your everyday person would do to try to prove the selflessness. And Joey, you know, proves it from a psychological standpoint. And I've, I looked up everything, every single thing that Joey says Proven by psychology, by studies that were done by Harvard University, many universities. Not bad for an idiot. Yeah. He was right. I mean, that blew my mind. I'm like, that idiot is like, I think the writers really must have looked up some psych. Oh, absolutely. Psych- absolutely. I mean, or they must have known someone who was like a psychologist, close friend or family member. And they enlightened them and they said, hey, we got to make this episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, it, was, it, was, it was really like a, a good, good episode. But. You know, to see that in order, for another reason for you to, to, to not be lazy, for you to be able to get up for your children, for, um, for your husband, to make him a coffee, for your wife, to give her a nice little breakfast before she wakes up or to do the dishes for her. It needs to be selfless. These are the three things that Neil Burton talked about for, for you to help uh, um, three counter the what causes you to be lazy in turn to destroy your time management these are the three things that will destroy you is for you to uh, not see the consequence to be patient enough to see the fruits of your labor to see the purpose behind your your product right yes and selflessness to be selfless you know all these strings, if you think about it, if you have these three these three things, these three things are going to be the three things that help you to not be lazy. You know, think of consequence, have patience to see the fruit of your labor, and to be selfless. All those three things are, are the counter... Um, the counter things to help you to stop being lazy. Especially the selflessness part, because I believe that ties the first two together very well. Yeah. So uh, let's continue on the things that you, you had there. Yeah, so as I mentioned uh, earlier, listeners, the habit loop, um, the cue, the routine, and the reward. So where I was going with this is to develop good habits, you need discipline and you need patience. And there's this quote that I strongly believe in is that the harder you work, the luckier you get. Take a step back right now and think about something you did, you've done today. Think about an activity you've done today where you thought to yourself, oh, I should 
let me check the internet. Let me go on my phone. Let me, let me go do this. Let me go do something else instead. And ask yourself, were you conscious of that decision you made to go and look at your phone or to accomplish the task and then reap the fruits of the reward? Think about it because the more conscious you are, as I gave, uh, the definition of time management earlier, conscious control. The more conscious you are of your actions, the better you will be at um, developing good habits and the more successful you'll be. And one thing I wanted to lead into into with this is um, creating goals for yourself, uh, goal making. It's very important to uh, live life with goals in mind. Um, for example, I'm very passionate about cars, and when I was a child, I've always admired the BMW M3. I'm, it's a car I've always loved and I've always wanted to have, and I made it a goal for myself not too long ago to be the owner of this car. 2006 BMW M3 competition, Interlagos Blue, with a manual, of course, for those of you car enthusiasts who are listening out there. Um, to own this car before I'm 30. And I made a lot of sacrifices in life to push this goal further ahead on my list of goals. Um, and to make sacrifice and to save my money. And I wrote down, I keep a, it's important, it's very important to Think of what your goals are in life. Think of what you want to do in life and write your goals down. I keep a dry erase board in my bedroom hanging on my wall and I write down my short-term goals and my long-term goals for my life, what they are, and to each and every single one of these goals, I attach a date. And with a lot of the sacrifices I've made um, over the past year in my life, I've been penny-pinching like like a beggar to save up for this car. And... Um, I did the math and I'm at the point right now where I'm 28 years old and my goal is to own this car by my 29th birthday next year. And right now, financially, I'm at a point where I could buy the car outright in cash. So if you want to be good at time management, if you want to be good at uh, discipline, if you, if you want to be a successful person in life, because this is where time management leads, it's the success, you have to have clear-cut goals. There um, is this podcast I, uh, I listened to while preparing for this podcast with Juan, and this podcast was about the five lessons in life people learn too late. And this podcast was put together by a gentleman called Evan Carmichael. So the first step or the first lesson that people learn in life too late is the first lesson people don't learn in life is don't sleepwalk through life, meaning live life with no goals, with no ambition, with no purpose. Just wake up, go to work and be caught in this endless cycle of stagnation for the rest of your life. And this, this, um, this concept of don't sleepwalk through life was actually something I was given by Warren Buffett, a, um, a billionaire, a very successful uh, stock market investor. And so he went on to say, Warren Buffett, look for the job you would take if you didn't need a job. Um, it's very important out there to find what it is in life that you love, find what your passion is, and pursue that. 
whether it be full time or in your spare time. There's this quote, don't quit your day job. So say, for example, you want to be a musician, you want to be an actor, you want to be an author. Don't quit your day job until you're at the point where you can sustain a comfortable income, a healthy lifestyle um, before you quit your day job. It's important to take risks, but you have to set a line, you have to set a boundary for myself. When is the transition point from which I can transition from my day job to pursuing my passion full time? You have to be aware of this. So look for the job you would take if you didn't need a job and one thing I wanted to uh, conclude with this first step is don't give yourself false hope. Be um, very mindful of what your goals and set reasonable goals because if you set goals that are just way out of your league, that are um, way unobtainable at where you are in life right now, then you're going to fail. And it's very difficult for some people who are young or for some people who are um, very new to the concept of setting goals for a life to bounce back after failure. So it's very important to, to keep that in mind, um, to do what you love and uh, to be reasonable with how you set your goals. The second step, um, the second lesson people learn too late in life is to live without fear. Um, there's this podcast I watched uh, about a year ago about Will Smith. He's a very good motivational speaker. And if any of you are interested in, in uh, watching it, which I highly recommend, it's his talk on skydiving, his experiences with skydiving. So I believe today people are just driven by their fear, consumed by fear. Um, they are afraid to act simply out of fear, out of failure. And this podcast, Will Smith he goes into detail on his first time skydiving in Dubai, how he was out at the bar one night with his friends and they all made a decision while drinking. We're going to go skydiving, skydiving tomorrow. They're all very excited. Yeah, we're going to do this. Woo, skydiving. And um, this man, he was terrified by the thought. He, he had agreed to it. He had said yes, but he was completely terrified. He couldn't sleep at night. The night before, he just you know, kept thinking about, am I really going to do this? Is this, like, am I crazy here? And so what ends up happening is he does end up going skydiving and he realizes in that moment, the point of maximum danger is the point of minimum fear. Um, in that moment when he went skydiving, he explained it as the most blissful experience of his life. He crossed the boundaries of his comfort zone. He stepped out of his comfort zone. He confronted his fear and he found true bliss. And he concluded his podcast by saying, God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. So what I want you all to take from this is don't let fear drive you. And just wanted to give a personal um, example from my life. I'm a uh, Polish in culture and Polish in heritage. And a big part of Polish culture is dance and dance parties. And I remember being um, in my early 20s, I would um, attend a wedding or a dance party with family and friends. And I'd just be terrified of of dancing like I just would you be like the only guy sitting off in the corner just kind of just looking at everybody like a creep I wouldn't be the only one but I would <laughs> I was definitely one of them I was definitely one of them I was definitely that guy and um I just remember thinking like oh I gotta step out there oh I gotta ask this girl to dance oh I gotta do this but just my fear consumed me to the point that when I did do it I was so sweaty I was so shaky that 
I had, I had actually had um, two missed opportunities with two beautiful women because of this. And so um, when I got to a point in life where I was able to afford it, I started um, taking ballroom dance lessons. And it was one of those things where I said, okay, this is a big part of my culture. This is something that I've been afraid of. I need to like step out of my cover zone and do this. And I did it. And what ended up happening was I had set some goals for myself. I just wanted to take lessons until I was at the point where I could comfortably lead a woman and just dance without any fear of, of the ballroom to, to embrace that fear and, and to, to overcome it. And what ended up happening was uh, two years later, I pursued this to the point where I was dancing at the pro amateur level competitively and I was um, getting first place prizes in competitions. And it's so true what Will Smith said that God placed the best things in life on the other side of terror. I completely stepped out of my comfort zone. I got on the dance floor. I took these lessons and I achieved something that was way uh, beyond my wildest expectations. If you told me two years ago that I would be uh, competing on a professional amateur level as a bomb dancer, then I'd be like, get out of here. Like, you're crazy. So it's very important, listeners, to recognize what your comfort zone is and step out of it no matter what it takes and it's not going to come easy it's not going to come over time but the more you recognize it the more you you think to yourself i want this i don't want to be afraid the more willing and the more likely you'll be to to take that initial step that baby step to step out of of your comfort zone and to overcome your fear with time number three don't complain I wanted. Uh, I want everyone to take. A, let's take a step back right now. Um, before we do that, I believe complaining has become a huge part of our society. Everyone complains. It's a very bitter activity because it takes energy and it takes away from your focus. So right now, I just want everyone to take a step back, just live in the moment right now. You two, one. Just take a deep breath. Damn, that was a good one. (laughs) There are people out there who are on their deathbeds, who have terminal cancer, who are massively ill, who are on waiting lists for um, organ transplants, and their number of breaths are limited. And there's also people out there who are struggling with depression and other mental illnesses who just would rather not be alive but they're not at any immediate risk. They're not sick or, or um, they're not on their deathbed. They're perfectly fine. And then there are people out there who just take, who, who, are, who are normal, who like, like us, and they just take life for granted. That breath you and I just took, that is a gift. And it's something that is not to be taken for granted because this life is a gift after all. Um, your parents could have gotten together three minutes later and you would have not been born. Like, think about that. You're here right now because, you know, you were conceived by your parents at that moment. Like, you were, that, that was you. I don't know how to, how, to, how to put this lightly, but you guys know what I mean. Um, so don't complain because complaining, it takes more energy than it's worth. And it's okay to, you know, to complain in a joking way, or it's, it's natural for us to complain, but seriously, when, if you're at the point in life where you're just, 
constantly complaining, constantly negative, like it just consumes you. So be be aware of how often you partake in complaining. Yeah, there's um, so there's something that 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 psychologists say, and one of them is um, the reason why people live in ang- in anxiety is because you you live for the future. If you live for the uh, the people who are constantly depressed, who are uh, pessimistic about life, is because they constantly live in the past. Now, a person who who lives in the past, they take whatever's happened to them in the past and they project it into the future. So, say for instance, when you get constantly frustrated with your husband or with your wife, the reason why this begins to happen is because you've taken the thought of what they've done in the past in this same scenario and you're projecting it that it's going to happen in the next five minutes so you already get frustrated with them in turn causing you to complain so the reason why we complain so much is because we take the past and we project it into the future because a child is not born uh, to complain right a child doesn't come out of the womb like hey oh my god the oxygen sucks out no, here absolutely no no we all come out just just, <laughs> just you know kind of in a daze yeah you know and, and and you don't you're not born to complain a child a child who has not gone through um a, a traumatic scenario abuse uh, from their parents or sexual abuse or death you know um a child will uh, is enthusiastic. He's optimistic about everything because in his life he he has great experiences. So he takes the past and he projects it into the future because his, the only thing he knows to be the past is greatness. But with an adult comes much trials, much troubles, much tribulations. So the first thing that he does is an adult is the reason why he looks at life as so pessimistic, you know, is because he takes his past and he projects it into the future and he says, this is going to be like this. That's a very dangerous thing to do. Exactly. So I agree. I, I completely, completely agree with what you're saying. It's very important to, to live in the moment and just be conscious of the now. You know, leave the past in the past. The past is the past. There's nothing new to say. Leave in the past. Um, so going with not complaining... Um, I feel a lot of days people are just lacking perspective in today's world. It's a very go, go, go world. Um, For those of you who believe that you are one of those people who lack perspective, go outside, go look at the stars. You know, if you live in somewhere that's mountainous, go look at the mountains during the day, go look at the, at the stars or during the day, go look at the skies and um, go look at the ocean just take a moment, take a step back and look at those things because when you do that, it gives you so much perspective. I can't tell, me, can't tell you how many times I've just gotten home uh, late on a, on, a, on a weekend or, or uh, in the midweek just from, from uh, my daily routine. I got home late and it's dark out and I just look at the stars and I think, wow, like I have eyes. I can see this is beautiful. Like look at this world in front of us. So Going back to what I was saying earlier, it's very important um, when setting goals and and uh, managing your time wisely to to work hard and to put two steps forward and take two and take one step back and to to just realize how far you've come and um, to look at the beauty of this world because that gives you so much perspective and that's very important because if you're constantly going then 
um, you're going to find yourself stuck in this um, this pattern that you're just constantly going, and you're ne- you're eventually going to get to the point where you're stagnant, you're not going anywhere, and um, the line between where you are and your goals are is just going to become more wider and more chaotic than it was before. So remember that, listeners. Take a step back after working very hard. Don't celebrate early, but take a step back. It gives you a lot of perspective. See how far you've come. Remember where you came from and look at where you are now. It gives you a lot of perspective. And, and I, I, you know, it, it's true that you say that because sometimes I'll do that. Like, um, I try to step back from TV, from watching TV sometimes, from being on my phone, from listening to music. And um, I, I, at night, I have this, this one thing that I always go to sleep and I always kiss my kids before I go to sleep. Like, I walk in and just check into each one of the rooms and kind of look and see how they are, you know? Yeah, it's very beautiful. I respect that. And uh, I look at them. And every time I look at them, I'll tell them I love them. And I take this moment to look. And, and you're right. It's true. It it takes a bad day in which you complain in and you go, where, where else would I be? You know, like me working hard is what feeds these kids and, and gives them a nice, a good life, a happy life. You know, these clothes that they're able to 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 wear, this food that they're able to eat, you know. Uh, the the beauty and the complexity of their little bodies and how it eventually grows to be some something like me, you know, and they're so innocent at this point and and I'm so corrupted, you know, and, and, and you think about this and it's like there's no need to complain, you know, when you take back and look at the bigger perspective of things and, and, and you're right, it's true, you know, if, if if you don't have a mountain or stars or or an open sky or trees of the nature of the complexity of the, the earth to look at. Just when you have kids and you think that your life is just horrible and you've got bad time management, just stop and look at your kids for two seconds, you know? And think about this. There's this quote that I like to, to say to myself often when I feel like I'm losing perspective is your, um, your reality is someone else's fairy tale. There are people out there who who don't have jobs, who can't work for whatever reason. They're sick, or or um, they're just uh, physically disabled, and they would give their life to be able to provide for themselves, but they just can't. There are people out there um, who are infertile, who can conceive children, and they would give their life to to have this child. And there are people out there who are who are poor, who who um, who don't have clothes, who or who have very like old secondhand clothes, who um, have to ration their food. Think about that. There's people like that. And when you're complaining, take a step back. Think someone out there wants what I have, and that'll change your perspective immediately. It makes you take more than a step back and, and think. It makes you realize how truly blessed and how fortunate you are to be alive. Number four is know your destination. And this is something that was presented by Simon Sinek. And for those of you who have not heard of Simon Sinek, um, I definitely recommend looking him up on the internet and check out some of his podcasts. They are filled with immense amounts of knowledge and and perspective and just insight on 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 life and how uh steps we could take to to make our lives better to become successful to manage our time better all these skills that we need to have in order to live uh happy and and healthy and fulfilling life 
And one of the podcasts that he gave um, recently was about setting goals and knowing your destination. Um, it's very important, like I mentioned earlier, to, to make goals, set goals for yourself, and to set dates for these goals, um, and to be realistic. Oftentimes, I feel if you are an overachiever or if you start taking some of these um, concepts that we're presenting to you right now, you begin to uh, find yourself in that overachieving state where you constantly have to have to go, constantly have to work, oh, I, have to, I have to be aware. Um, this is somewhere I found uh, myself in my life uh, a year back where I was just constantly going and um, you know, I just lost, lost track of my goals. So you have to know your destination. You have to know what it is you're working for, whatever your goal is, whether it's uh, very big, like becoming a successful businessman or businesswoman, or small, like uh, washing the laundry and, and folding it and putting it away afterwards. So if you don't have a destination, you, you just you become lost. Um, you, you sleepwalk through life, and that's just very deadly because that's a big waste of time and it just kills your motivation. It kills your own momentum. And um, one thing um, I wanted to say is a quote from Simon Sinek and that's, when you have a clear destination, the obstacles become easy to overcome. And don't count the steps you take along the way while you're getting to your destination. It's important not to get caught up on the steps you take along the way. It's important to reflect, but not count the steps along the way because that leads to celebrating early. Oh, I did this, I, just, I did this, oh, I'm good. Uh, I, I could have that, that dessert, or I could, I could watch that Netflix movie instead of um, staying true to your diet or going to bed early and maintaining uh, that, that lifestyle where um, you get that seven hours of sleep. I know there's a lot of people who who are, are working towards that. It's something I'm working towards myself, getting a healthy amount of sleep every night. So um, it's important to have a clear destination and to um, not count the steps along the way because that's when you start um, losing focus and momentum. And the fifth step is to enjoy life. As I mentioned earlier, that breath we all took, life is a gift and Life truly is too short. Um, there are many people out there who have had um, near-death experiences, myself included, and it gives you perspective. You realize, wow, life really is short. I'm given a second chance. You know, I, I can't take this for granted. And you have to do your absolute best to, to live that way, to live knowing that right now, the present, it's, it's a gift. And every breath I take, you know, there's someone whose breath are limited, and they want that, that um that perfect health or um, even people who, who can't breathe on their own. They want that ability to take that breath. So um, enjoy life and, you know, work hard, but also make time for yourself and not be selfish, but, you know, take those steps back. Um, live in the moment, but don't lose focus or momentum. Um, don't be the person that dies on, on, in the office. Be the person who dies on the beach. Um, and if I could add uh, something to this, I um, wanted to bring into the discussion Donald Trump, very successful man, all politics aside and all of his opinions aside, um, he 
gave this presentation. Uh, he does a lot of presentation on uh, success and um, lessons he's learned from his life and to getting to um, the level of success that he achieved as a businessman and a lot of his peers, the level of success they achieved. And one thing he mentioned in his podcast was he rarely takes vacation. Um, when he was campaigning on his campaign trail for his presidency, he, um, he mentioned he had taken four days off. And for him, that was considered a very long time because when you take time off from the task you're working on, say, for example, you're at work and you have something, a uh, report that's due uh, within a short period of time. It's due in two days or it's due the next day or it's due that day or it's due that hour. And you take that second to grab your cell phone and check your text message and, um, you know, take your focus off of the task at hand that's very important you begin to lose momentum. So it's very important not to get caught up in, um, in that trap. And Donald Trump went on to saying that the reason he believes is that, he, was, that he's, uh, he became so successful as a business person is because of the fact that he just constantly worked. He loved what he did. He found uh, his purpose in life and he found his job that, that just brought him immense happiness and satisfaction and he just kept working. He never lost momentum. So it's very important to do that. And if I could add a um, sixth lesson in, in uh, life that people learn too late and this is uh, one I'm perso personally adding is to believe in yourself. Um, to not measure yourself by by others people's uh, judgment of yourself, to believe in yourself, to be confident. You know, I feel a lot of young men today, something that they struggle with is confidence. And that's, um, it's very important to, to work on that because that's something that women absolutely look for, women in love in a man. So if you're a man who's listening and you are struggling or you have struggled with your confidence and um, you want some advice on, to, on how to um, improve that, next time you're walking somewhere in a public place and you feel uncomfortable, lift your head up and lift your chin up. You'll immediately feel more confident in that moment. Um, and for those women out there who are listening, um, one thing that I believe that women don't know about men is that we like getting compliments too. So um, next time you're feeling a lack of confidence, you're in a public place, you see a cute guy walk by, give him a compliment, compliment him on his hair, his smile, his shirt, whatever, whatever. Just make it short and to the sweet, uh, sh short and sweet and to the point. And I believe immediately you'll feel a sense of confidence because that's not something that um, women tend to do in our culture, I believe, at least not very often. It's very rare. So, you know, stepping out of that comfort zone, stepping out of, out of bounds, if you will, doing something that isn't really done, um, crossing that border of fear, you'll feel a sense of confidence. Yeah. And, and it's crazy because this whole time management thing, you know, cause we're coming to a kind of like a closing here. Um, this whole time management thing is, important to realize that time for us is not infinite you know time for us is finite you know and it's very important to keep this in mind and to contemplate that we do have a death 
This is very important. This is all psychology says this philosopher psychologies from religions, any which way you want to look at this. Everybody, uh, it's important to contemplate death. That's why um, within the Christian religion, you'll see sometimes saints that hold skulls in their hands. And the reason why they hold skulls is because they like to contemplate death always because and you think, why do I need to think about death? That's so depressing. It's so this. Do you know why you need to think about time? And I invite everybody to stop to think about this. The reason why you need to stop to think about death is because when you don't, you think that time is infinite for you. And when you think that time is infinite, you don't feel the necessity and the need to move to your next task because you think there's always more time. It's that sense of false hope. I have tomorrow. I have later. I'll do it later. Every single successful in the world, every single successful person in the world contemplates death did you know that i'm not surprised every single whether you look at it from a religious standpoint whether you look at it from a political standpoint an economical standpoint a happiness standpoint every single one of them contemplates that they understand i only have a certain amount of time in this world and in this time i want to get these things done and 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 the, the the thought of death is what allows them to move to their next task constantly, 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 constantly. No, absolutely. I believe that. It's something I could vouch for myself. Um, three years ago, I was diagnosed with adrenal insufficiency. If those of you who don't know what that is, um, it's the failure of the adrenal gland. Um, my adrenal glands failed completely, and I found myself in the hospital um, in a very weak state, in a just very sickly state. And um, the doctors drew my blood and they came back an hour later and they, they looked at me, you know, they, as if they were seeing a, a ghost as if I had three heads. And they had, they had said that you right now have the lowest sodium levels we've ever seen in our lives. You should not be alive. We don't know how you are speaking to us, how you are alive right now. Um, and I'm not surprised with what you're saying one, because that's something I, I believe I personally do, um, in that, near-death experience that those health issues I've experienced in life, um, I'm very conscious of the fact that life is short and that tomorrow isn't guaranteed. It's very important to, to remember that, listeners. Tomorrow is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. An hour from now is not guaranteed. You know, uh, you could get sick and or some unfortunate event can happen and that's it. Your life is over. So it's very important to be aware that life has an end and that is death. Yeah, and, and, and think about this. Every time that you know somebody and think of anybody you know that has gone through a near-death experience, their life changes dramatically because they were maybe like most people thinking that they were immortal you know, of course, we don't think we're immortal. We don't think we're gods, but we think that time is infinite for us at some at some point. And when we have that near death experience, what does it do? It allows us to wake up and go, "Holy smokes! I came near death. I need to think about this more constantly." Exactly, you become conscious of your mortality. Yeah, and um, you know, we're coming to this kind of like I try to keep the podcast within an hour and a half, so. Um, Eric, it was a pleasure to have you here. I, I definitely want to get into more things, so I'm definitely going to have you back because it was it was great to have you here. Um, Absolutely, thank you for having me on. I, I think uh, this this mentality of um, this engineer mentality. I, I honestly think you you see a lot of the engineers. They tend to have a very uh, strict regiment in which they do things. You know, a majority of them and. 
uh, the reason why I wanted to have you here is because I, I see this within you and I, I always figured that there was something more and it's it, it clicks now why you are the way that you are because of this this experience that you had this this uh, health experience you know you you were able to realize I'm a, a mortal you know and 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 I see why you've done all these things you know every, every time I talk with you it seems like you're on a new adventure you're doing a new thing and you completed the last one and you did good with the last one and you know you're doing the car thing you had told me about that one a while back you know uh, you, you, you're doing, you did the dancing, you went off to Disney to dance for a competition out there, you know? Uh, yeah, I got my dream job as a mechanical engineer after working for, um, almost five years being miserable doing what I do. It's my, my third job as an engineer. And I spent three and a half years with this company previously working, um, a job that didn't bring me much satisfaction working on, um, doing work that wasn't meaningful to me and just being in a state of, uh, near uh, misery and right after misery comes depression yeah and 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 you see how you've kind of gotten through so many different things and i think it's because of this you know and you've made so so much of time i see I, like i said i constantly see you and people always ask me and and hopefully i can get my wife in here one time my wife does not like to speak like on the podcast she's very very self-conscious of herself but my wife step step out of that fear face your uh face your fears yeah bliss is on the other side it's waiting my wife man she is um she's phenomenal at time management you know i I mean she squeezes so much different things you know in into her time you know she's got it all just you know boom 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 and and it's fascinating so uh with with this we'll we'll leave with everybody with these thoughts you know to keep these six different tasks in mind you know that you had spoken about these six life lessons that people learn too late in life exactly you know if if, if they're all recorded so go back and listen to them if if you think oh my god i, I didn't re- re- listen to this um and keep these three different things also in mind you know uh fruits of your labor to to see a purpose to always uh, have patience to see this this fruits of your labor the consequence of your life you know the consequences of being lazy and to learn to be selfless you know to because this will help you to stop being lazy and turn to help you with these five different uh things in life that people learn too late to help you better manage your time you know you you probably thought when we did this podcast that we were going to hit you with write your schedule up, you know, get a calendar, get a pen, you know. No, we wanted to go to the root of of the problem with time management to be able to allow you to manage your time. What is it that causes you to not get into this time management? You know, what's the cause of this? Because Many people give you solutions, you know, they give you all these, oh, look at this, do that, do this. They, they give you um, false hope. Yeah. You know, they, 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 they want to fix the cosmetic of the problem, the, the outer, the, out, the exterior, the of outside it. and not inside goes yeah. to the root of the root of the problem. Yeah. You know, because what, what you're telling me is, is, is what I need to do when I'm able to fix the, the, the interior being this ontic being of mine, you know, the, so first you got to fix yourself before you can even fix this time management situation. So the things we kind of gave you was 
to be able to fix this in interior first. This is why you can't manage your time. This is what makes it difficult for you to manage your time is because in your interior, you have all these defects. You know, it's not just one thing. It's like a mix of different. Maybe you're just one or maybe you have all three or maybe you have six of these things or who knows what it is. But this is why we, we, we want to do this, Eric. Um, I definitely want to, like I said, I definitely want to have you more in, on, on the podcast and uh, people subscribe, 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 you know, share this podcast uh, with whoever, you know, you know, this podcast, tell your friends. Yeah. Tell whoever, let somebody know about this. It's, it's ridiculous. I've already gotten text messages. This is only the fourth podcast. This is just the beginning, ladies and gentlemen. And, and Eric, you would not believe, man. I got in some people who are like, you've made me think about decision making. You've made me think about how I eat with my family. You made me think about how much time I spend on social media. On my you know, cell phone. On my cell phone. How much people are literally sitting there and, and, and they're sending me text messages, you know? And, and it's funny because it's, it's the younger generations that are having the most difficulty listening to some of these podcasts. That's why I'm trying to keep it within an hour and a half because, you know, some podcasts you see are like three hours, some are two and a half hours. That's way too long. The shorter, yeah. the better. Sweet and to the point. Yeah. But some of these millennials, uh, they, they can't, they have, they want instant gratification. So it makes them difficult for them to want to be able to listen. So that's why, but share this podcast. You would not believe how many people uh these these podcasts are already kind of have an effect it's already opening it's illuminating them to to begin to think about their life in a way that they've lived numb to their whole life so uh any any if, if you could say a few more words in 10 seconds what would you say to the people absolutely so going back to what one was saying earlier we didn't force the pen the uh, the calendar and the schedule down your throats. Um, these are tools that will come once you begin to uh, begin the journey of mastering time management. These are tools that are critical in this and that will come with time. And um, I just wanted to conclude with, um, if there's anything I could say in 10 seconds or maybe a little bit more, it would just be some quotes for motivation that have helped me out in life and um, that just tie everything we say together because time management um, goals, they require motivation and um, these quotes definitely do that. So the first quote is by John Fitzgerald Kennedy. It's one of my favorite quotes and that is, we choose to go to the moon. We choose to go to the moon in this decade and to do the other things, not because they are easy, but because they are hard. Because that goal, we're supposed to organize the measure and measure the best of our energies and skills because that challenge is one that we are willing to accept, one we are unwilling to postpone, and one which we intend to win. Second quote is one of my favorite quotes. It's uh, something that is very emotional to me is it is not the critic who counts it is not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done them better the credit goes to the man who is actually in the in the arena and that quote is by theodore roosevelt put yourself in the arena put yourself in the lion's den and fight you want to be successful you want to achieve your goals put yourself in the arena step out of your comfort zone you won't believe how beautiful life is once you're in the arena and fighting and the final quote I wanted to conclude with is from uh, one of my biggest inspirations in life, and that's Albert Einstein, Dr. Albert Einstein, is, I have no special talent. I am only passionately curious. Dr. Albert Einstein, for those of you who don't know, he, he was um, a scientist. He was um, 
a doctor of physics, he came up with the theory of relativity and um, the famous equation used in, in nuclear physics, which is E equals MC squared. And, and Dr. Einstein died. He wished to have his body cremated. And when the coroner who was preparing his body for cremation, um, uh, what he did before um, he cremated Einstein was he took out his brain and he put it in a jar for preservation in the hopes that one day we might have the technology to be able to analyze his brain and determine why he was so smart and why he was able to accomplish so much in, in such a short life and to come up with all these um, brilliant theories and equations that are used today in, in, uh, in physics and in engineering and in science. And with that quote, I have no special talent, I'm only passionate and curious, I, I truly believe that it's not necessarily that he was gifted with a brilliant brain. Um, that may have something to do with it, but I believe it's more, it's greatly uh, due to the fact that he was passionately curious, he just kept pushing, that he wanted to know the answers to uh, these great questions that were out there in, in, in science and in physics, and he pushed himself to the point where he was so passionate and so in love with his work and so happy despite not being the wealthiest man, the, the wealthiest man, a, a billionaire, um, that he pushed himself to the point where he was able to achieve this greatness through little steps every single day, this greatness of being known as the, the world's smartest man, one of the, the greatest contributors to science of all time. So I wanted to leave uh, all the listeners out there with those three quotes. Um, as some motivation as you go out there and uh, chase your goals, manage your time, and pursue your dream, whatever that might be. Go, get off your bum, and do. Yeah. What if What if they get to his brain and, and, and they open it up and they see that he's like regular or worse than a regular Joe Schmo? It all comes down to... <laughs> They're going to be like, wow, that, this guy is just that, another regular... <laughs> it, it's very likely. It's very likely. I'm no neuroscientist. And um, if there are any of you out there who are, who are neuroscientists who are listening, chime in. If you could... Uh, I don't know if you could leave comments on this, but if you can, leave a comment. Let us know. Uh, is it possible that this might be the case? Is it possible that geniuses have ordinary brains? Uh, it's just that the way they, they choose to see life and they choose to pursue... Uh, the things that drive their curiosity, uh, if that's what makes them truly, truly brilliant. Yeah, truly great. You know, uh, well, Eric, it was it was good to have you here. Thank man. you so I much for having me on. This was a pleasure. Yeah. Um, like I said, subscribe, 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 subscribe. Put yourself onto this podcast. Um, get get onto this. Truly, uh, let people know. Inform people about this. Um, these dialogues many people have asked me you know why don't you do it like this or why don't you do it more organized or well thoughts because it needs to be dialogue you know you, many times like i had said in the first podcast great conversations happen in the world and these conversations stay within us imagine if these great conversations that you're having with somebody tens and thousands of people could listen to I mean, they would be so well informed and their lives would change and people would begin to think, well, I didn't know that, you know, I learned something, you know. So this is what I'm going to begin to do in these podcasts. I'm going to begin to take people from different cultures, different walks of life and bring them 
right to your ear so that you could hear these experiences, things that have changed people's lives, different mentalities. And some of them aren't even going to be people with a, a physical, like a master's degree or, 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 or a paper or something to say that they're great. Some of these people are going to be so intellectual and they will have maybe had a high school diploma. I mean, I'm going to blow your mind. I have so many guests waiting for you from, you know, young entrepreneurs to uh, just a regular everyday layman, you know, to, uh, you know, somebody as successful, you know, that's coming in these next few weeks as, uh, you know, I got a philosopher coming in. I have, uh, uh, you know, one of the uh, very one of the top selling in in healthcare in his success story and how well he's doing. I mean, I'm gonna have so many different people here for you from uh, uh, um, mothers and fathers. Um, what I want to do is one of these podcasts is have my wife on here so we can speak about love. I am an expert on love. I mean, I went through such a traumatic experience, such a difficult moment, and. Um, I've truly become an expert with love. You I know? can tell you guys firsthand he speaks the truth. I've, I've heard him speak to me on love, and it's, he, it's, it's true what he's saying. Yeah, so I, I really, really, um, hopefully me and my wife could get on here on this podcast if I can convince her to do this. And me and her could do this with uh, speak to you about love. And what, what, if love is so deep, I'm going to have it in like on a three-part series as far as love and split them up a little bit. Um, but yes, subscribe, let people know about this, get everybody onto this podcast, um, download this, uh, share it, post it all over Facebook. You can tweet it. You can do whatever you want with these links. So share it, let people know. So, uh, Eric, thank you for having, thank you for, for, for coming here and, and, and being a guest. So I appreciate everything, Eric. Thank you, Juan. And uh, for those of you who have listened all the way to the end, thank you. Yeah. Uh, so with this, we sign out. God bless.